0: everyone, this is Chad Michael Collins, star of the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare, playing Alex, and I am here with Elias. You're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, bro! Yo, Adrian! Podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I
0: love the movies.
1: Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias.
2: Chad, welcome to the cave. Thank you. Caves are among my favorite places to be,
0: so I'm happy to be in your cave.
2: There you go. How are you, man? What's new with you? Oh, you know... Just, um, starting a video game, which is
0: kind of fun and awesome and new and different and cool.
2: Yeah, you've been busy the last few years, huh? (laughs) You
0: know, I like to give the illusion that I'm busy, even when I'm not busy, just because,
2: you know, appearances. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I said, you've been busy, you know, you've done uh, a few sniper movies, you've done uh, various TV shows, and now, of course, the lead character in Call of Duty, and we'll talk about that, uh... Real quick, uh, where are you originally from?
0: I'm originally from upstate New York, the uh, Albany area, small town west of Albany, uh, about 2,500 people called Cannon New York.
2: Hmm. How was it growing up there?
0: Uh, very rural. Uh, it's the country, man. And upstate New York has beautiful country. Anybody who's been there knows that. Um, but, you know, dairy farms and hills and mountains and forests and streams and so i i grew up uh very much a, a country boy
2: uh, what were you into growing up as a kid were you mostly an outdoor kid yeah i was
0: always out outside um you know that whole shirtless shoeless thing as a kid just running around free you know waging a lot of gi joe battles in the creek behind my house bb guns shooting 22s and you know just playing a lot of um Sports, steady all-American diet of football, basketball, baseball,
2: oh, wow.
0: all the way up until I left school. So yeah, it was it was it was great. It was a charming, charming, charming upbringing. And having shoveled a lot of manure and bailed a lot of hay, I quickly realized what I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. So that was uh, very educational. Yeah.
2: Well, growing up, did you have any idea that you wanted to get into into the acting world?
0: Uh. Not even an inkling, man. I yeah. never did uh, uh, an ounce of theater. I was never in the in drama club. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was, you know, always into geeky stuff, nerdy stuff. I've been reading comics since I basically learned how to read, and uh, you know, Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and all the way up through. So I've always been into my Lord of the Rings novels and my you know, Dragonlance, Dungeons and Dragons books. So everything kind of nerdy, Star Trek, Generation X, Files. I was really, really into it, and it was um, all juxtaposed with being a total sports junkie. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, so how, how did you transition to? How did you like get into the acting world?
0: Uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 the move to LA. You know, I went to Ithaca College in upstate New York, and I was a journalism major, and they had a really great. Wonderful kind of LA, LA-based internship program. So I did that my senior year of college. I came out and um, I made myself invaluable with a small boutique entertainment PR firm called JDS, and I ended up uh, getting a job there right away after the internship. I became um, Jay Schwartz's uh, this publicist assistant, and I worked there for twelve years and just working in LA, working in entertainment uh eventually the seed was planted enough and and i decided to give some acting classes a shot and you know here we are
2: was your plan always to move to la after you were done with school
0: you know i figured you know i grew up in a small town so yeah. the two obvious choices for me were well new york city that's three hours away or la kind of sounds nicer I'm not, I'm not much of a city guy and you know, obviously with my upbringing, growing up a country boy, I still drive a pickup truck, you know, so L.A. was always much more ideal for me being outdoors year round. And the city feels less like a city at times and just kind of a sprawl. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you can leave. You're an hour away from the ocean. You're two hours away from a mountaintop. You can get down to Mexico in two hours. So this place had a lot more appeal than um, the Big Apple. Yeah. Do,
2: you, do you enjoy the city now more? Or are you like outside the city? Yeah, I'm right in the
0: heart of, of L.A. here, uh, close to Burbank in California. Um, I love it, man. I, I've been here for, gosh, I feel like once you hit 10 years, you just stop doing the math. But I've been here for, yeah. it seems like, forever. So, But I love this city. It's so rich. There's so many things to do and see. Really, really great people. It's a city of transplants. So you can always really find your own tribe no matter what you're into. I've got my Dungeons and Dragons group here. I've got my guys that I've been playing in basketball leagues with over here for over a decade. My gym, my boxing, and you know Griffith Park for hiking.
2: And I've got you know a little bit of um, you know that click, that group,
0: yeah. that tribe for everything you're into out here, which I love.
2: Well, wow. so when you so when you started getting the acting classes uh, and you started going out for auditions and everything, what was what was your first gig that you got? Oh man, uh, yeah. It, I was pretty lucky.
0: You know, I had maybe three months of classes under my belt and, and I got thrown onto this non-union audition for uh, a movie called Legion of the Dead. And it was um, one of those classic, they call them mockbusters. So the Brendan Bur- the, uh, sorry, Brendan Fraser movies, The Mummy, were all coming out and they're cranking out sequels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this really great production company called the Xylem of Sharknado fame and Z Nation on sci-fi. And yeah. they would do these mockbuster movies. they do like a low-budget version of whatever massive studio film was out there. And so that was my first lead acting role was um, starring in Legion of the Dead way oh, back wow. in the day.
2: Wow. Yeah. And what was that movie about? Do you remember? Oh, man. It,
0: it had zombies and mummies yeah. and... Um, Oh my gosh it was so long ago it was just it's one of the it was one of those blockbuster shelf yeah. movies you know so you'd see the mummy and then if you looked all the way in the bottom of the shelf you see legion of the dead yeah. <laughs> and just like 12 copies you know underneath <laughs> the uh the big blockbuster um, releases so yeah. uh, it's hard to remember what it exactly was about but it was a really great way to cut my teeth. Yeah. I'm, I came from class. I didn't know what a mark was. I didn't know what the camera frame was. I didn't know about lighting and finding (laughs) your light and hitting your mark and everything else. So it was a real baptism by fire, but a super valuable experience out of the gates.
2: So how did did you get involved with the Sniper movies? And you've done a few of these. I've
0: done four. I've done four, and we're talking about doing another one for next year. Um, Yeah, the Sniper movies have been a really great blessing in my career. I... I lucked into a lead role on a movie called Lake Placid Two, and early on in my career. And the producers of that, you know, Sony was a co-producer of that, and uh, the producer of that wanted to reboot the franchise, um, so the Sniper franchise. And they had done three movies with Tom Berenger, mostly, and Billy Zane. Yeah. And I I remember I grew
2: up. Exactly. My next question was going to be like, I, I remember renting those movies on VHS.
0: Yeah yeah and i you know i remember you know when we first got cable which is a big deal when i was in high school living all the way out in the countryside <laughs> like tbs tnt all these stations would play that movie snipe the original sniper movie like on repeat i just remember loving that movie so much so full circle when i did this lake placid 2 movie the the, the producer for Sony, who wanted to reboot the sniper franchise thought of me just because he thought i looked like a ringer from tom berenger i just did a movie of his so that's kind of organically how it all happened. Wow. And there were some stops and starts, and they were going to do an origin story version, you know, flashing back. I'd be a young Tom Behringer in Vietnam, but they kind of scrapped that idea and they rebooted the whole thing with me basically playing his son. So, yeah. four movies later, we're, we're still cranking them out. And, you know, I think we're a couple behind the Fast and Furious franchise, but hopefully we get Sniper Eight out there for everybody soon.
2: Yeah. When you started out doing the Sniper movies, did you go back to watch the original ones? I did.
0: I yeah. actually watched uh, the original one again that I watched two and three that starred Tom, uh, Tom Berenger. And I read some really interesting books uh, on, on snipers and in, in warfare and stuff like that. I prepared as much as I could just for kind of the mindset. And I mean, sniper, these guys are nuts. And I mean, remaining motionless for seven days, you know, to try and maybe take a shot at a high value target. The things that these guys go through, it's most people don't know this about snipers, but the elite sniper, snipers in our military, they have almost a higher washout rate when they're going through that training than than Navy SEALs, Rangers, all the special elite forces. So oh. it takes a lot, you know, for a soldier to actually make the cut and to be good at that. So I learned a lot of things. I'm still learning a lot of things as I continue to do these movies. And um, yeah, it's just, it was an incredible blessing to play that role and, and to play Brandon Beckett.
2: Uh, how many, um, so what kind of training did you do to prepare for the movies? Well, we always had,
0: uh, a, a, you know, military advisors on set, obviously, usually former military, a lot of more specialized as snipers and scout snipers. Uh, they were always great. And I feel like the best way to prepare, I mean, these are low budget, lower budget films. Yeah. You know, it's not American sniper with, from Clint Eastwood and Warner brothers, you know, poning up 150 million where we're, we're working with much less than that. So we don't get basic training. We don't get to go uh, down to the range for weeks at a time to really learn. So I did as much as I could. You know, I always grew up around guns, with hunting, you know, sh- shotguns and rifles. So I was always comfortable with that, but I worked with um, some people on the tactical end of some things. And then, of course, on set, just picking the brains of anybody and everybody that you could constantly to to just get it as bright as you can and, and really do that service yeah. to to these soldiers. So that's basically, you know, what, what I've always tried to do. And, of course, coming, coming to these movies in shape because they are action movies and a lot is required. And those guns, uh, they ain't light, dude. They're like See, 40 pounds wow. <laughs> even very barrel heavy. Yeah.
2: Did you have to do your own stunts also?
0: I've always done almost all of my own stunts. I'll do as much as they'll let me. Obviously, there are certain things where they're not going to let me throw myself down a mountainside. But uh, I always try to, especially when it comes to the fight choreography, you know, the fisticuffs and and the shootouts and stuff like that. So I'm very comfortable with it. And I just think uh, maintaining kind of a degree of athleticism, I, you know, like I said before, I on sports and just try to keep myself in decent shape so and i you know boxing and stuff like that certainly helps you kind of do that fight choreography that man dance if you will so i always prefer it i know that the editors always prefer it and the, and the final product is always better if the actor can so yeah. i like to bring that stuff work to the table if i can
2: so um last question about sniper rule how was it starting with uh, tom berenger Tom's great, and and he's
0: come back uh, uh, in the reboot side of things for, for, you know, two or three of these already, and I love working with him. You know, it's been really, really fun because you start out, you know, it it was all set up where, you know, Daddy wasn't around, and so Brandon had to find his own way. And then eventually, you know, we get reunited, and we get battle-tested together, and, and now we're kind of branching off into the area where, Despite the absentee father bit, you know, Brandon and, and Thomas Beckett are, are having nice moments to kind of bond and connect and at least forge a friendship if not a full-blown father-son thing yeah. this late in the game, and sounds great. And, you know, he's done Platoon. He's done so many amazing movies. Oh, yeah. The guy is incredibly knowledgeable, not just about this stuff, but his, he's a history buff on top of it. So we always have uh, really wonderful conversations and, and great times filming.
2: Yeah. And you can't forget Major League, too.
0: Major League. I mean, the guy has more credits than I could possibly remember,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, I mentioned earlier, you know, you just recently voiced Call of Duty Modern Warfare. How did you get involved with the voiceover work? How did? The, uh, yeah, tell us a story about that. Yeah, yeah, Call of
0: Duty Modern Warfare, you know, just dropped about uh, three, four weeks ago. Um, yeah, you know, it was more than voiceovers. It was a full motion capture, full performance capture. And you know, I played the character of Alex, uh, a.k.a. Echo 3-1. And so the whole character is me. Um, the looks, the, the 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 voice, obviously, the movements, everything. And you see in that game is basically something that I got to originate, which is a lot of fun. And, you know, it came just as a regular audition. Yeah. And what's interesting is the video video game industry, it's so huge. The technology gets so much better every single year. I mean, you look at the CGI they were doing like on the original Spider-Man movies, and now you look at what they're doing for Avengers. Like, just for the video game world, that technology exponentially increases, too. It looks more and more real, more and more lifelike. So I got this audition through my traditional, you know, television and film talent manager and agents. And because what I found out really quickly was they can't, they can't get by with just using voice, voiceover actors for these video games anymore. It's too real. It's, they need someone who can do it all. The look, the voice the movement everything else so um so that's how it came to me and you know uh, six months after auditioning for that thing i got the call and and i was uh hired to, to come aboard and play alex
2: wow. now did you ever play the call of duty uh games before
0: i did yeah yeah i um uh, i played the modern warfare modern warfare franchise in particular i remember playing those back in the day when they first came out and when i when i found out that i booked the This new kind of soft reboot of modern warfare i went back and played all three of them again as well as a couple of other titles just to kind of familiarize myself with it but i've always loved them i mean they've always been some of my favorite kind of first person shooter games so it was um you can imagine my excitement when i got to come aboard and and play character myself Mm -hmm.
2: how long did it take to do uh this whole game and tell us like about a day of like how long were you on set doing this
0: Yeah, so I, you know, last summer is kind of when I had the audition and, and, you know, when I got the word, you know, I started with a series of scans. We would go down to Activision and Blur Studios and all the other amazing people involved with this project, and they would scan everything. They would scan, you know, everything from dental impressions to, you know, me sounding out A-E-I-O-U, smiling, frowning, angry face. They would take 125 different cues and just have that in their system for any time that would arise in the game. And we finally got to filming. And, you know, we would shoot maybe three to four days, you know, about every month, month and a half. So it was very um, sort of piecemeal. And I don't think we wrapped, you know, until, you know, May or June, when we are finally done with the last bit of extra voiceover we had to do. So it was about a year and a half total and about a year of actual filming, just uh, piece by piece, scene by scene, mission by mission.
2: So how does the whole, like, like, I've seen videos online, everything. Do you have, like, all these cables and wires hooked up to you when you're doing certain moves?
0: Yeah, yeah. In general, uh, you're always in, you know, the mocap suit, which okay. is a head-to-toe spandex outfit. They stick all these kind of glowing metallic balls all over your body to capture all your points of articulation and your movement. You know, on your face, they will do the same thing with these kind of um, uh, uh, black dots they'll put over to even just catch catch your tiniest micro expression and then they stick a helmet on you with a uh with a camera rig facing back in towards your actual face so that's kind of our day-to-day setup and of course you're wearing a rig with batteries and cables and microphone wires and everything else too so that was kind of our our outfit every time for filming which is certainly not as flattering as alex's final outfit from, from the game for sure
2: yeah what did, did you find this easier than uh, regular acting? Like, what are the pros and cons?
0: You know, it's very different. There's, it's weird. It's similar, but it's different. And and by that, I mean, I mean, look, I've I've filmed in a hundred and fifteen degree desert. I've filmed, yeah. you know, and below zero on a Bulgarian mountaintop, uh, and and for fourteen hours at a clip. The nice thing about video games is you're on an air conditioned soundstage. Yeah. which is great and the days hardly ever go over 8 to 10 hours which is also great. So that that was really really nice to be able to do that but it's also you know you're covered by 50 to 60 to 70 cameras at any one given time they're filming you 360 at all times. So and you've got this camera in your face that's always taking that beautiful film close up to capture all your expressions. So we, what we found was challenging especially in the group scenes is you have to be word perfect from action to cut you have to hit your marks you have to do the things you've got to take care of your business and you got to have the dialogue completely perfect because they can't go in there and edit it like they would in a film or television show yeah. so it felt a lot like theater you know but also you had to be in mind that you've got an extreme close up on your face at all times so there it, it, there's no faking it with with these games because it's just you're covered from everywhere mm-hmm.
2: Now, for your audition, is it like is it like like you like the same audition like you do when you go for a TV show or a movie, or was it a little bit different?
0: Yeah, this audition was actually very different. Um, you know, when you go for a video game audition, you can you can expect to basically be told to you know use the room. They'll give you props, okay. that sort of stuff. For TV and film audition, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You have to basically hold still. It's a very tight frame just around your head and shoulders. And so it's a completely different type of audition. Um, I went right to meet with director Taylor Kurosaki and Brian Bloom, who is a writer on this. I went right to the soundstage for my audition, and we used the entire space. We had tables and chairs, we had guns, we had all the stuff that would 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 pop up in those scenes, and we were playing with them, you know. And it's it's you know the writer Brian is great. He's an accomplished actor and voiceover actor as well. There's a, you know, a scene in the video game where I first kind of meet the freedom fighters that I fall in with. And, you know, they're a bit rough with me. They don't know who I am. And they slam me down into a chair and, and and everything else. So, we you know, we did that scene in the audition. And, you know, Brian, <laughs> he was like, let's go for it, man. I'm like, let's go for it. And he just kind of puts me in a chokehold from around the neck and, like, drags me in <laughs> and throws me down to the chair. So you're never going to see something like that in a TV or film audition. I promise you. Yeah.
2: How fun was it seeing yourself, like, in a video game after the product was done? It was a trip, man.
0: I, I really, they would show us some of the unfinished kind of cutscenes and stuff that we had been filming, and we were all just blown away. It was some of the most cinematically beautiful anything we've ever seen, but when people started posting videos and and, and the pictures were coming out and um, all these walkthroughs and playthroughs on YouTube started popping and, and just playing through the game myself, it was it was surreal. Like, it was very, very, um, I don't know. It was it a was great sense of accomplishment just because I've always been a gamer my whole life. Dude. But I was also just proud of everybody for their performances and just how good the game looked. And, you know, $600 million I know, it's days. crazy. I guess, they, I guess they got it right.
2: Yeah. Do, <laughs> do you have friends calling you and saying, hey, I'm playing you in the video game?
0: Yes. Yes, <laughs> I have. I've gotten a lot of invites to come stream and play multiplayer, all things that I am not well versed in. So I'm going to give myself that tutorial very, very soon here so I can do that. But I think that's the cool thing. You know, I've got young cousins. I've got, you know, eight, you know, age ranges 12 to 14, 16, high school, early college. Yeah. I've got friends I went to high school with, and all of them play. And you kind of lose – sight of how ubiquitous how huge these call of duty games are oh, everybody yeah. plays these things and everybody's aware of them i was not able to say anything about being in this game for well over a year but when people were like hey what are you doing what's going on what are you what are you doing right now i'd be like oh it's i'm shooting a, a role in a really cool video game and they were like call of duty and i'll like, I, I didn't say that i didn't say call of duty but it was always their first guess yeah. because that's how popular these games are they just assumed it was something like that. So, but it's, it's been great. It's been really fun seeing kind of all ages really enjoy this game and the performances and everything else. It's kind of a a fun little feather in the cap.
2: Would you ever do it again?
0: In a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. I really,
2: I mean, I don't know what,
0: um, what, what lies in in store for the character that I play, but I, you know, I hope there's some way, shape or form. I could come back. I'd love to keep doing the modern warfare series. Yeah. But video game stuff is just, it's fun in general. It's, I just read an article that came out in the Hollywood Report the other day, and, and it talked to Norman Reedus, it talked to Keanu Reeves, John Berenthal, it talked to all these heavy-hitter actors who are saying yes more and more to video games because they say it's just, it's the most creative, you know, art, you know, platform they've ever really had to work in. Yeah. And the games, you can just tell unbelievable epic stories and, and, and just provide these kind of interactive movies for people that are so immersive and you're finding more and more actors just really want to get in on this action for that reason. So it's a really fun experience. The people who make video games are just like the best people in the world because they love games and they love what they do. And that passion is, is kind of always there. So I just had an overall great experience and, you know, I hope to do many more.
2: So what's next for you now that this is all done. What is next?
0: Well, um, I actually just found out that I have a, a holiday movie out right now called The Christmas Cabin, streaming on Amazon Prime for free for anybody who likes to watch that stuff this time of year. Um, I average about one kind of like rom-com, feel-good holiday movie a year, which I think is great. <laughs> it kind of balances out the you know, the headshot, yeah. soldier, sniper type roles that I play, which is cool. Nobody in my family has to leave the room when those movies are on, which is great um but yeah i was i was in the season finale of uh creep Show recently which was really well received and they got a season two pickup so that show's doing really well and and um you know like i said before i can't say much but it looks like we might have another sniper movie for audiences around the world come 2020 so hopefully that
2: yeah.
0: that uh stays on on course and we drop another one of those
2: do you have like a dream role you want to play someday
0: Dream role. Um, yeah, something comic book related, you know, for sure. It's With the, I mean, there's so many comic properties and titles and movies and shows out there now. You know, it's kind of been head scratching that it's eluded me thus far, just because I've. Been, it's, been, it's like the one reason I got into this whole racket was to do stuff like that. I mean, I love the military stuff. I love the sci-fi stuff. But, you know, my heart has always been with comic books and fantasy and stuff like that. And since I'm probably... You know, not going to you know be playing Conan the Barbarian anytime soon. We'll have to lean into the comic book stuff and hope that there's some obscure enough hero out there that I would be able to to suit up as one day. There you go. So we will uh, we will see, but you know, it's on it's on the bucket list. There you
2: go. So uh, lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, I love engaging
0: with with all walks on social social media, and it's been really fun to do that with the, the Call of Duty crowd. Uh, but uh, yeah, Twitter and Instagram. It's Collins Chad M, and Facebook is uh, you know Chad Michael Collins on Facebook. So please drop a line, say hi, and let me know what you thought of the game. And and um, yeah, it's be fun fun to uh, connect with more people over this stuff. It's really really it's, it's been awesome to talk Call of Duty with so many people around the world.
2: That's great, Chad. Thank you for coming on. This was a blast. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
1: For an encore Another day Another hard fought war Defending the free world Is a tall order But that's the duty We've all been called for We're coming in strong Not gonna knock doors Preaching clear What you even gotta lock for There comes a time To draw the line And there's no denying That I'm gonna cross yours Squad leader And I got the vision Now we're going dark And then you're going missing We're covered by night So be silent and listen But you won't need shit Till we finish our mission You're scared of the man Cause he exists He'll let up a cigar Then you're gonna get lit Regret I've never been encumbered with it Cause when I make a decision I'm right. See the world in black or white, but have you crossed that line before You'll end up dead unless you have to fight But either way, you're gonna pay the price of. In a hard place, stay calm even when you feel your heart race. You might think you're gonna do what's right, but when the lights go out, you're forced to a dark place. So when you gotta pull the trigger, never hesitate. Every second that you wait, death is one step away. So mercy to a mistake, you should never make. Working long nights so the world sees better days. Stay frosty, don't let your thoughts run. you are not a hero. You're here to get the job done, so do punch out now. You're on the clock, son. I'm counting sheep. By count I mean shots. Um. You're the hunter, find your target. If you don't got one, then you are it. This is it not a drill. Now prepare to put a brave face on counter terror. People see the world in black or white But have you crossed that line before? You'll end up dead unless you have some fight But either way, you're gonna pay the price of war